The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome back to Officially Unofficial, presented by Blue Wire Podcast. I'm your host, the former face of junior college baseball, the fall American, Johnny Junta. And we're joined by a special guest, man. A guy that's 12th ranked prospect for the Seattle Mariners. Is that good? You tell me. It is Zach Deloach. How are we doing, brother? I'm doing great. How are you doing, John? Good. And I just got to ask you here. Is this the first podcast you've done with the host sitting on his fucking floor? Uh, I'll, I'll have to say that's a first for me, yeah. <laughs> and this is how I know you're a baller, and I'll say this. Obviously, we get tons of guests on the show, Humble Brag, but I know you're a baller because you're wearing an Evo Shield long sleeve to the interview. Like, usually the guys wear, like, a hoodie or just flannel or whatever. You're, you're just yeah. in game mode right now. It looks like you wear that under your, under your jersey. So I just want to give credit to you, credit to you for just being a big baseball guy and rocking that. I appreciate it, man. It's actually a, I don't ever wear this underneath my jersey. I guess I could, but uh, it's it's like a cotton material, and I don't know. I just I think it's really comfy. So <laughs> I respect it. So what do you do though? Like what what do you do under your jersey? Like are you a long sleeve guy, or do you never wear like are you nails where you never wear long sleeves? Like where do you go? So so most of the time I'm wearing either like a short cutoff or I'm wearing one that just kind of is just like a like a tight fitting shirt. And then I'll wear a uh, arm sleeve most of the time with uh, taped up wrists on the left side. So, yeah, that's kind of my go-to. Um, last night I did uh, – every now and then I'll do like three-quarter. Yeah. And then I'll tape up both wrists. Um, that's kind of like my second go-to. But, yeah, anytime it's cold outside, I'm like – because in the outfield it just gets cold and lonely. So I just, I just bundle up as much as I can. So are, are you superstitious with what you wear? Like, for instance, for me, I always had to wear, and obviously it didn't work because I was absolutely dog shit in junior college, but did you always, like, I always had to wear, like, a left arm, so like, a white arm sleeve on my catching hand, but then nothing on my right-handed side. Like, what, 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 like are you superstitious with what you have to wear? If, if you're buzzing, are you wearing the same shit, or what's the deal? Yeah, yeah, I'm a little superstitious. Like, I always have to be wearing, like, some sort of wristband. So, like, right now I have, like, two of them on me, but – um wristbands i would say <sighs> cleats cleats are definitely superstitious for me like there's one pair of cleats that have gotten me nowhere this year um they don't have any knocks in them so i kind of just like threw them away <laughs> i respect <laughs> then, that yeah i just threw them away and uh but yeah like i think overall like just going through the same routine every day like that just gets me ready for the games Okay, so what? And I, I have a bone to pick with our guy Adam Frazier, by the way, that I will say on this show. Uh, Adam Frazier switched his walk-up song. It was supposed to be "Pony," which obviously gets the women and everyone in the crowd going. He switched it to "Still Dre" or something like that, or I, I don't know what yeah. the fuck that. I, I got a bone to pick with him. I will have to message him again to talk about it, or maybe when he's in Toronto, we'll talk about it. But. What is your walk-up song? Because obviously I'm a big walk-up song guy, and Adam Frazier knows that, which is why he knows I'm disappointed. <laughs> he knows I'm disappointed that he switched it from Pony. What is your walk-up song? Like, what do you do to get the people going? Is it superstitious? Yeah. Like, what do you do? Um, I don't really uh, – so last year I did um, Notorious Big. I, I was a big Notorious Big guy. So I was, uh, I was all about him. Um, and then I did hypnotize, sorry. 
And then this year I'm doing uh, Kick It in the Sticks by Brantley Gilbert. And I'm doing, um, sorry, I just kind of get a little, little early this morning trying to, trying to get my brain on, you know. <laughs> um, God, what's the name of that song? I don't know why I just forgot it. So you're a friendly Gilbert guy. I was the same guy. Yeah. I, you know what song I had, and this is crazy. So the song that I had uh, when I was in uh, Juco, and it makes zero sense because I'm from a big town. It was Small Town Throwdown by Brantley Gilbert. And obviously, I'm not, a big, I'm, not, I'm not a big country guy now anymore as I used to be. I, I don't know. I guess it's kind of accustomed to it when you live in Nebraska. But yeah, Small Town Throwdown was an absolute track. Like, that's a track that gets the people going, especially when you're in McCook, yeah. Nebraska. But, okay. the, yeah, Brantley Gilbert's kind of like, is he done? Like, what is this guy? I haven't heard a song from him in, like, years. Oh. Like. Yeah, I, no, I don't think he's done. I think he's just taking it easy. You know, he's he's already made a good bit of money. Like he's probably just living his life. <laughs> yeah, and and we, we and you, yeah. What, do you know what song it was? Yes, uh, the other one, Soul Survivor. Um, I don't know if I've heard of that. Boy. Soldier Boy, holy! You say Soldier Boy? Oh wait, sorry. There's an Akon. Hold on. It has yeah. to be Akon. Yeah, I think it's Akon. Soul Survivor. Yeah, GZ and Akon, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Anyways, though, so you, you, we mentioned the country and you're from Texas and all that kind of stuff, or you, or you played in Texas. Mm-hmm. How country would you say that you are? Like, because I have a rule in this podcast, it's don't fuck with guys that wear cowboy boots. Are you a, are you a cowboy boot guy, cowboy hat guy? Like, did you wear that at your wedding? I, I did not wear that at my wedding, but I was very tempted to. I got shut down by my wife. Good. I respect that. So she's already good in my books. I, 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 it's a tough look, the cowboy boots at the wedding. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, no, I, I do like to wear cowboy boots. I got uh, – I have three pairs currently. I really want a, a pair of alligator boots. Um, but they're really expensive, so I don't know if I can go that route. Uh, but at some point, I do want to get some, like, ostrich and alligator boots. So yeah, it's just – That's definitely on the bucket list. So obviously, like you play with a lot of guys, like from where, like the Northeast and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. What would you say is the biggest difference from guys like me? Obviously, I'm from Toronto, compared to like where you live. Like, it, obviously, like is it just like the way that they act, like the way that they dress? Like, what was like the biggest difference you noticed from these type of guys? Obviously, you went to school with a lot uh, of them as well. I, I would say there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of like funny sayings that yeah. are like different between like the South and like Northeast, Midwest, all that. Um, you know, it's like the saying, like in the South, we always say like, can I have a Coke or, and then in the you know Midwest, it's like, Hey, let me get a soda pop or. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Dude, the South is electric to me, man. Like obviously you got the college football and all that kind of stuff. I'm just so yeah. fascinated by like, just the, the way that they act, like yeah. where, where, where that you guys act up there. Like, I feel like in my mind, obviously I'm a big dip guy. I feel like you just start dipping when you're like 12 in Texas. Like it just, it's just something that you like you, you and the old <laughs> yeah, man just have a dip in your truck. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I personally never, I personally never started dipping, but like, I mean, it, it is pretty prominent from that standpoint. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, every single, I think every single summer coach that I had growing up always had a hog in. And I would say probably half of my teammates just from 13 to 14 and up. That's like so just sick. Always, just always dipping. So that's so yeah, sick. I mean, it's 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 normal. I mean, and like I would say, um, yeah. Fo- you're talking about football. Like football is king in Texas um, for sure. Like it's. I mean, baseball's not close. I mean, ber- sorry, baseball's pretty close behind it. But I would definitely say like Friday Night Lights. Like, and then obviously like college football Saturdays. Like you go to any big game in Texas, like you're gonna get a packed crowd. Like everyone loves their football. And you mentioned Friday Night Lights, which is something, another thing that I'm just so fascinated about because our high school athletics here get like 10 fans a game. So just get, so what's it like a Friday? Like apparently in the small towns in like Texas or even in Texas in general, like the whole town closes down just for the college football game. Is that how it is? Like where you're from? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, so where I went to high school, it was, uh, it's called Hebron High School and it was kind of, it was in the Metroplex. So like, it wasn't a small high school. <laughs> um, I went, it was a 6A. I don't know if they've reclassified. I don't know if there's a 7A currently. There should be uh, because you got schools like Allen and Southlake and McKinney and schools that are 7,000, 8,000 plus students. 
uh, in high school, which is ridiculous. Uh, Jesus but, Christ! But there, but those, but like all of the, there's so many schools that are like that now. It's like probably, I would say, if they did make a seven A, they would be very competitive. And you know, those are schools that are like five thousand plus kids. So that is just idiotic. And yeah. did, did you feel like the second fiddle at that school? Obviously, you said football is the big dog stuff like that, but. Yeah. Are the baseball players kind of looked over there? Like, is the football guys, like, getting all the girt? Like, what's it like there, like, the football guys compared to the baseball guys? Like, just yeah, I mean, big man I, on like campus Like I said stuff. before, like, yeah, when, when you – I mean, you know, girls are going to chase after the football guys because football is, like, the king there. But, you know, we, I think I think sometimes, like, you know, you'll get the – You'll you'll get you'll get like the hidden to we're kind of like the hidden treasure, you know, in a way. <laughs> the underrated <laughs> that's prospect. Kind of I, that's kind of the way I look at it. <laughs> that's so sick, dude. It's like so would would, you, would the baseball team there get a lot of fans to their games as well, or is it just like the football yeah, team gets early because well, it's no, massive there? Yeah, yeah. No, when we were good, I mean, obviously our football team did. I mean, they they make a ton of money just from fans and you know, fundraising and stuff like that, but like when I was there, like our baseball team was actually pretty good. Like we made playoffs every single year. Um, and we uh, or sorry, at least, sorry, my last year, we didn't make it, but um, the, the first three years I was there, we were really good. And I think we had potential to win the state championship. And, you know, we ended up losing, I think in the third or fourth round um, in two of those years to the same team uh, Keller. Uh, that's who, uh, uh, you know, the name Shay Langliers. Yeah. Shay Langliers. She's disgusting. He yeah, so, so he, so, good. Yeah, so he, he basically put the team on his back and beat us in playoffs. Um, like he would go two for three or three for four and then come in and throw 94, 95 off the bump. <laughs> like just disgusting. So, Anyways, so but yeah, he, he, but yeah, we, we would get a decent amount of fans. Um, I mean, it was, it wasn't like, you know, college baseball, but you know, we'd get, you know, hundreds of fans like in the stand sometimes, like if it, especially if it's a big playoff game. So yeah, and I gotta ask you about a friend of the show. I don't know if you guys kind of cross paths. I think you did. He's a Texas legend. It's a guy that goes by the name as a friend of the podcast, Grayson Rodriguez. What was? Did you get to face this guy in high school? Because I had just hear urban legends about this guy just absolutely so, carving people. So so funny story. He's actually from the same area that my grandpa's from. Uh, in Nacogdoches there my grandpa lives in Bullard and Nacogdoches is really close and Nacogdoches I think when he was there was either two or three a school so I never personally got to face him I mean I've heard a lot about him I I heard he was a big dude threw really hard I knew he was going to go first you know first round in the draft obviously but yeah I was definitely curious to see how he was going to pan out and pro ball and like he's (laughs) doing one hell of a job so (laughs) yeah kudos to him I mean he's Throwing gas and striking people out. So I mean, good for him. There's a couple guys that went to your high school that played football, or like NFL guys or big time college guys that you got to watch throughout high school mm-hmm. or see at these high school games. Yeah, I mean, obviously the you know the first name that comes to mind is you know a guy that went to Hebron High School is Jamal Adams. Oh uh, my god, for the Seahawks. Yeah, <laughs> he went to your school. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, I remember he uh I remember after he had signed his big contract with Jordan and obviously you know signed in the first round. He um he showed up to our school to do like a workout and he had like all these like camera people like coming out like doing a professional film for him for Jordan, I guess. And he sh- he rolled up in a brand new uh Porsche, you know, had President Ball on the side. It was blacked out. Like it was sick. Now, that was the one thing I remember just like, man, like this dude's got so much money right now. <laughs> like, he didn't know what to do with it. Uh, it's crazy. That's crazy. But, and then, uh, yeah. And then obviously watching Kyler Murray uh, ball out for Allen. I mean, that was incredible. I mean, that, that dude's the best high school quarterback, if you're asking me in the country. Better than Johnny Manziel? He was undefeated and won four straight state championships. I mean, you can't. Damn, I didn't realize he won four in a row, dude. He, he, he was he was undefeated in college football. I mean, in high school football. That is so, so fucked. So was he? Because obviously yeah. he was nasty. He went to Oklahoma for baseball, but so was he not good no, at baseball as well? well? No, he he started out at A and M. Oh, really? A and M. Yeah, he started out his freshman year at A and M, and something to do with like playing time. I think like his dad kind of got into it with you know, one of the offensive coordinators or head coach or something. And 
basically so i'm taking my son we're you know we're transferring kind of thing and that's basically what happened and it was funny because he was supposed to play baseball that spring for AM and they actually had a glove like made for him and stuff and so whenever i showed up they still had that glove and <laughs> he never he never got to never got to touch it so that's incredible like set up for him and everything so damn that's you should have took the glove i would have took the glove if i was you yeah. I, I wish i could have they had too many eyes on it yeah, for sure. I, that shit's probably on eBay right now because that shit was never used. But Kyler Murray, yeah, that is a crazy story, man. I'm just like I said earlier, man. I'm just so fascinated by like high school athletics. Obviously, I don't, I don't care enough to really watch them. I just yeah. love hearing the stories of like just guys like. Uh, obviously, I'm not really good friends with Blair Henley as well, and mm-hmm. Blair Henley threw three straight no hitters in high school, which is just like what the fuck. Like just some of like these guys that just go on to play for like Texas, Texas A&M, stuff like that. Who's a couple of baseball players that you played against that are like big prospects now, obviously beside yourself? Like who's a couple of big time? Groshans maybe? Like in, like in high school? Yeah, in high school that you played in against. In high school? So, God, too many. <laughs> too many to count. Um, I mean, if you just start throwing names out, I've probably played against it. I mean, because you take like – if you take between like school baseball, like in the spring, and then like summer ball, like I've definitely played – Probably mostly everyone. Like Groshans. Like, anyone do what? Groshans. Jordan Groshans. Yeah, I played. I played some. I played summer ball with him. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, He's disgusting. Like, growing up, like I, I'm talking, like since we were probably like eight. Really? Played against him, <laughs> dude. Like, and Kanan Smith and Jigba. Obviously, he was his brother. So his brother was one of those high school guys, right? Because he he told on the podcast that like when his brother's team would be playing in high school. There would just be like thousands on thousands of people just watching his brother. And well, like, it's funny, it's like I've I've known Kanan and Jackson both. Uh, I've known their family since I was probably like nine. Really? So I mean, so like I got to watch you know both of them grow up. Obviously, Kanan I played with, um, but Jackson was it was funny because like we thought he was going to be a big basketball guy. He was a huge basketball guy uh, when he was growing up. Like he didn't. I don't think he touched football until he got to middle school, maybe. Holy fuck, man! And he's just—he's just a super athlete, and yeah, I think the rest is history. Obviously, but like he's, uh, yeah. I'm, I mean, you're talking about that one single season, you know, record breaking game. I mean, that was—I was watching that live too, and I was like, oh my goodness. He is just like—I <laughs> can't even believe it. Like, I talked to Jackson, and and obviously I talked Jackson about it, and it's like, yeah. It's just so – they're just so accustomed to it because they're just both such sick athletes. Like, Kanan right. Smith's in AAA is going to be in the show probably this year, I'm assuming. And then his brother is going to probably go top 10 picks in the NFL draft next year. Like, imagine yeah. being – if I was their parent, I would be the cockiest fucking dude of all time. Like, if both of my <laughs> sons were like that, it's crazy. And Jackson, like, was he always – because you mentioned he put the f- football – did he ever play baseball or no? He just always football, basketball. He never played baseball, but he would—he would always come to the games with uh, their dad, Mata. He's—it's uh, he, funny. He's actually a firefighter. Um, so he's probably yoked. Is he one of those dads that are just yoked out of their mind and just like training he's, their kids? He's—he's he's a big dude. Yeah, I'll, I'll just put it—I'll just put it that way. <laughs> I definitely kick my ass. I love Caden Smith, bro. He's just—he's such a—he's just such a good dude, man. He seriously is. Like one of those guys. I, I hope he just makes it big in baseball and stuff. And he was like oh, yeah. so electric as well. So. I mean, and you're talking about the baseball and stuff like that. And obviously, the high school baseball here, we have to go to, like, Florida or Arizona or Texas to, like, play good competition and stuff like that. Right. If, if you throw below 95, like you said, in, like, 6A or 7A, are you kind of like a bum? Like, not 95. That's obviously what If you throw below, like, 90, are you looked upon as, like, kind of like a dog shit arm in, in like, high school there? In high school? Uh, no, I wouldn't say so. I mean – I think in high school, it's really about like pitchability because like you're going to get a mix of different, you know, walks of life in baseball to where you, you could be effective if you're not throwing, you know, 90 plus in high school. So I think, but I, I do think like the more competitive teams that we played, like definitely had arms that were 90 to 95 plus. Like I remember my, my freshman year, um, we had that's when uh, Flower Mound High School won the state championship, and their starting rotation was Kyle Johnston. He was ninety-five to ninety-seven. Went to Texas. Jesus Christ, it was man. BJ BJ Myers. He was ninety-two to ninety-four. 
um, went to West Virginia, and then Seth Meyer, who was a lefty, he threw ninety two to ninety five. That is that's not a high school team, bro. Like that, that team to probably compete in college. Like that, and then he <laughs> went to West Virginia too. So like, and then and then a few of their bullpen arms went D1 also and then I think a good portion of like their position guys also went D1. That's so crazy. That's just so crazy, dude. I, I want to let's talk about Texas a Because obviously yeah. we've had a ton of uh University of Texas guys on this podcast if you look at the guest right. list. Do you hate University of Texas? Like when you go to AM, obviously that rivalry runs deep and that's no joke. I mean I see it on Twitter with Occupy Left Field and yeah. all those guys. They legit like hate you guys. Like it's it's yeah. crazy. What's the player rivalry like there? Because obviously you played against these yeah. guys growing up, right? Yeah, I mean, I think I I made it a point for uh, whenever I got to A&M that we were going to beat Texas a lot and that we were going to beat TCU a lot. Just kind of had that vendetta against them. I don't know why. I mean, I sorry, I do know why. Probably shouldn't shouldn't say anything. But my cousin and my aunt both went to UT, so um, – it kind of makes it a little more difficult. <laughs> like when you like, so we can't really talk about like some college stuff around them, but yeah, no, I, I, I um, definitely their favorite. You need them. Else. Let me, you need let me them. just put it that way. It's yeah. And obviously it's, it's good for the sport. Uh, it's like, it's good for the sport and it's good for like, I just love those games where it's like A&M versus Texas baseball. I'm not a big college baseball guy, but like, obviously you, you see the games, a lot of the horns down stuff. And you could be honest here. This is a true circle. Have you thrown up the horns down in a baseball game at the University of Texas or against them? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I definitely have. I mean, I never got caught on camera, but yeah, I definitely have. <laughs> we need to find a picture of you doing it. I'm going to make that the episode graphic. I <laughs> think <laughs> doing the horns down. Dude, it's, it's such a funny we, thing. Uh, like, it's, well, it's, it's always the pitcher, though. Like, the pitcher is always like the last one who throws the pitch, like strike out the dude or get the pop-up, and the pan's back to him, and it's usually like, ah, let's go. Oh, isn't, isn't it kind of crazy how mad they get, though? Like, they seriously, oh, yeah. like, it's like you just murdered someone with how pissed they yeah. get. Well, I remember when, uh, who was it, Cody Clemens. He, yes. Um, it was in the uh, – we were playing them in the regional in Austin. And, like, he had, like, a three-run home run against us. And he was, like – he was giving us, like, the horns up, like, staring at all of us, like, going through the dugout. And I was like – I was like, dude, I was like, get some freaking balls. Like, don't – don't do that. And it's not even like a ball – and listen, obviously, you've had Cody on the show a long time ago and all those guys from that team, like Chase Sugar, yeah. Nolan King, we've had all those guys on, but – majority of them don't really give a fuck if you do horns down. It's just like a select few that take it so serious to the point where it's like, yeah. dude, like just fucking relax. Like it's obviously, yeah. I believe there's a taunting penalty now for it in college football. Is that correct? Yeah. Like how does that even make yeah. sense? I don't know. It's, I think it's soft. It's so me. soft. If you do the horns up, the horns down should be allowed. Plain and simple. Exactly. Like, like, looking that's, at, that's, that's only fair, right? Did you guys have any like close calls of them? Like not benches clearing, but like close calls where it's like, um, all right, like someone might get thrown out here. Um, I think we had a few. I, I do know our head coach. I like, got into it a little bit with the umpire, like basically telling their dugout to calm down. Like, I mean, they're getting pretty rowdy. I mean, every game that we played against them was just super, super, like packed out. Like there wasn't a there wasn't a seat to fill. And that same, like it was always sold out, whether it was in Austin or in, in College Station. So I mean, it was definitely th- those games. I mean, our our fit, or sorry, our student section would show up like before we even took BP, and we were the first ones to take BP. <laughs> so <laughs> so it was like it was like packed out from the beginning. Like ever since, like once we started stretching on the field at from like three hours before the game starts. I mean, it's it's packed out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I love, I love that stadium. By the way, that stadium's so nice to play at. What's yeah. the visitors' locker room like there? Is it nice? At Bluebell? Yeah. Or are you talking about at? No, uh, sorry. At, I, at the dish. At the dish. At the dish. At the dish. Uh, it's average. I mean, it's not, it's not anything special. As long as it's honestly air conditioned. As long as we each have a locker and a chair, like that's. I mean, you don't really need much. Did Texas not recruit you? Like, how did that – like, or why you just come to day and so early? Like, like no, is that why you hate them also? No, yeah. No, no, no. They, they did recruit me. Um, it was actually – I think that was my second offer at the time. And I was – I was in my sophomore fall. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, but anyway, so, 
Yeah, they they recruited me, uh, or maybe it was the spring. Yeah, it, it might have been that like early spring before I started playing my sophomore year uh, for school. And but yeah, they recruited me, and at the time, Augie Garita was still. They had there that I had kind of heard things that like he was kind of out the door after that year. Yeah, yeah. So like I didn't know who the head coach was going to be. Same thing happened with Baylor. Like, you know, obviously both programs got good you know, solid coaches but at the time it was just like i don't want to have like that uncertainty like if i'm committing to a coach like i want to commit to someone that's going to be there the whole time i'm going to be there kind of thing yeah and so i kind of got that out of the a&m coaches it was just like yeah he's you know pretty secure like he's coming off some good seasons like they're kind of building something special um that's kind of the way i did it and uh obviously their facilities and you know, education, fan base, you know, you name it, like tradition, culture, like it was all there. And, you know, that's where I just felt the most comfortable. The only shitty thing is like when you were at A&M, they were kind of shit at football, right? Like they weren't that mm-hmm. good when you were there. Like now they're starting to get like the number one recruiting class, all that type of stuff. But mm-hmm. when the team isn't good there, like, is it just, do you wish you went there when they have like the Johnny Manziel years, like where it's like, you can't even fucking move in the stadium. It's so packed <laughs> and stuff like that. Like, yeah. Was it kind of a bummer that you went there? Kind of the only little span they had when they weren't that good, like, or were fans still like, was it still packed all the time and stuff like that? No, it, it's still packed. I mean, it's it's Aggie football, right? Like, it's yeah. always going to be packed regardless of how well or bad they're doing. Um, I would say, like, I mean, I wouldn't trade the time that I had there, you know, especially watching. I mean, because we beat Bama twice, uh, we almost beat Clemson. I mean, we've had that seven, eight overtime game against LSU like those games like I'm always going to remember um, you know I think like yes it they weren't you know they're a little bit above average like I think they were like what seven and or eight and seven or eight and six or something like that but they, they would always win their bowl games and they would always go on to be fine um, but I do think like this standard now is like set like we're winning national championships instead of like just getting to a bowl game yeah and i think like i i think that's kind of where the biggest difference was once jimbo came in jimbo was like we're building something to win national championships kind of like that nick saban-esque uh you know and they're (laughs) they literally just built a um like a brand new weight room like kind of revamped their whole locker room and stuff and like they are now building like just and it's I don't even know how much it's going to millions of dollars worth of uh, like an indoor and outdoor practice facility on the other side, just to like, I'm like, dude, it's like people don't understand how much money A&M has. I mean, it, the donors donate so much money. Like there is so much money invested into uh, A&M athletics and it's not because of how we're raising it it's literally because the donors are just shooting out money because they're just like, here, we'll give you what you need. Like, it's never a question if, it, uh, cause like a lot of schools are like, man, we need, we don't know if we can raise this much money. A&M's like, how much do you need? We'll give it to you. <laughs> that is crazy. And it, honestly, it's, they're going to start getting pissed if they don't start winning natties or coming close to natties or just going to playoffs sooner or later. Because yeah, like you said, they invest so much money. They have the number one recruiting class this year, I believe it is. And the year before, or I think it's just this year. It's just if they don't start winning, there's going to be a lot of people coming for Jimbo Fisher's head. Oh, oh, it's going to be crazy. So, do you find it weird though? It's kind of like a, a, there's a lot of running jokes that like it's like a cult. Everyone has to show their graduation ring at the University of Texas A&M. Like, are you one of those guys? You, or you didn't graduate, right? You only went there for three years. Yeah, yeah, I went there for three years. I mean, I do have my Aggie ring, but I don't really wear it because it doesn't fit me right now. I have to get it like resized. <laughs> But it's like you get it once you complete 90 hours. So like I've gotten above that, obviously. So I just have two more, a little under two more semesters left. Okay. All right, I respect that. I mean, it's just like it, it's a cult, realistically. Like people have to let you know they went to AM, which is, I would be the same way because that's a sick ass school to go to. Yeah. Is, it a, is it like, obviously, you're probably not like a big party guy and stuff like that or go out guy, but. Mm-hmm. Is it one of the big party schools? Like, is Texas, like, the king when it comes to party schools, or where does it go? Are you talking about Texas A&M? Yeah, like, Texas A&M. Like, yeah, or is this state? No, is Texas A&M, like, the big dog party school, or, like, how does that work? Oof. Big dog party school? I mean, it's hard to say. Like, I feel like I've heard a lot of, like, different things. Obviously, like, I always hear about, like, ASU 
like Arizona State, like being like a huge party school or I've heard, honestly, I've heard TCU is a pretty big party school now too. Um, but yeah, I would definitely say like we get pretty rowdy, like especially like after like big games and stuff that we win, like our uh, bar district Northgate is just freaking slammed to the, to the brim with people like just stacking on top of each other, like going crazy. So, I mean, and we have, it's like, it's kind of cool because it's like a big block of bars. Like that's where all of our bars are. So like, it's all within walking distance. Like I know like uh, whenever my wife, she went to Texas tech for a little bit, like their bars are kind of like all spread out. So it's like, you can't really like bar hop and that kind of yeah. sucks, <laughs> but like, yeah, A&M like huge, huge, big uh, bar districts in the uh, kind of right next to the stadium. Like you just have to walk like a few blocks down and it's like right there. <laughs> That's so sick, dude. I, yeah, I, I'm just like I said, I'm in love with just college station. Like I have to go to a game, like an SEC game. I've only been, I'm a Michigan fan. So I've only been to like University oh, yeah. of Michigan games. Well, but- well, that, that, that's setting the standard, though, the big house, man. That's, yeah, it is setting the standard, but the thing, about, the thing about the thing about like, the University of Michigan is, like, how do I say it? It's, like, um, it's northeast partying, right? I mean, the SEC, they always say, like, they do it different, you know? Like, the, I've been to the bars in Michigan and stuff like that. I know a couple guys that went there. But it just it just looks like it's different at College Station or, like, Alabama. Yeah, or, it's, yeah. Well, well, when you're in the south, I mean, it's hot outside, like, you know, people are setting up tents, we're grilling, we're barbecuing, like a lot of beers going around, like a lot of keg stands. I mean, just a bunch. I mean, and then like you'll you'll get a lot of uh, fraternities that'll throw out like, you know, whatever money that they have to, you know, host parties like before games, like tailgates. Yeah. I mean, ta- tailgating, tailgating is insane. I will say that. That's, that's so that's sick. Thing, like, it's like right outside of uh, Reed Arena, there's like just huge grass areas. That's where people – like that's where the big like fraternities and stuff like the setup and you just walk through there and you're just like, holy shit. <laughs> it's crazy. Dude. It's like, I'm just, I, I love it. I seriously, I, I couldn't imagine being a guy like Johnny Manziel living there. And I understand why the guy had a, like not a drinking yeah. problem, but just loved to party because that guy could probably get away with so much shit there. Probably just oh. like everything. He probably he got everything for free. I, I don't think that guy paid for a damn thing there at the bar or anything like that. So he was a legend there. Like, do people still tell stories or like locals there or, oh, like, yeah. about the shit that he used to do? Cause he was crazy. Yeah, I, I mean, we would see him uh, periodically just like, I don't know why we would see him, but just like randomly, like if I would, like I was at McAllister's one day just getting a sandwich and like he walked in and like ordered and walked out and I was just like, what, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, like how did that happen? <laughs> he's so, so sick. He's crazy. Yeah, he just, just kind of hangs around, I guess. Dude, I got to go into this. So obviously I, I read in your MLB cause I always do these little uh, funny skits where I just read the, the horny um, MLB scout bio that they write about the players. And there was sure. one actually, about another Mariners prospect. He's like 18. He's a pitcher and he's like really tall and he threw like, throws like 95. I'm trying to remember his name. I don't remember his name. But um, this scout had one of the most horny bios. He's like, look how muscular he is. Look at his thighs. I was like, dude, what the fuck are you talking about? It just, like, that's just crazy. I don't think, I've ever, I don't think I've ever seen that. I, I made a whole skit about it. Like, I read the whole tweet because it was. It was like, this guy was horny. Like, this guy was horny as hell reading this. It was just one of the funniest things. But so, I read your bio that, obviously, at Texas A&M, I think you struggled your first year or second year. But what turned you into a second-round draft pick was the Cape Cod League. So, the Cape Cod League is, for people that don't don't know that, that are listening, it's obviously all the best summer, all the best college players in America play yeah. in this league. So, yeah. you got hit. You, I believe you won the batting title there. Is that correct? Humble brag, is that good? So when you were there, is that when you kind of realized, like, listen, I'm way better than, like, what I've done at Texas A&M. Like, this is where I kind of put myself on the map. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, um, you know, kind of looking back on it, like I was just 
I was, I'm a very um, mental player as far as like I overthink and I overanalyze a lot of things. And I think like, I just got so far up in my head that <clears throat> my sophomore spring just did not pan out the way I wanted it to. And basically at that point, um, I mean, a lot of scouts would tell me like, dude, we didn't even, you weren't even on our radar. Like there was no, like, like, yeah, freshman year was promising, but like I really needed to show out my sophomore year to like kind of prove myself. And I didn't. And they were like, yeah, like we just, you weren't even like a prospect at that point, like that we were trying to scout and get into the pro. So I was like, at that point, I kind of, I kind of had that in the back of my head. And so whenever I did go to the Cape, I was like, I literally have nothing to lose. Like, I just want to go out there and just play my game, like just take it day by day. And luckily the, uh, you know, I, I was in a great uh, spot with my hitting coach in Falmouth. He, uh, he introduced me to a toe tap and I got away from a huge leg kick that I had that was very inconsistent. And like, it just calmed me down. Like it helped me to, um, you know, increase my contact rate, but also like just squaring the ball up, like just focusing on like catching barrels. And like, ever since then, I mean, you know, fast forward, like, you know, like you said, winning the batting title, um, you know, I was two points over uh, Nick Gonzalez, um, who's, a, who's a damn good player. And, uh, you know, I think it was just, it just got, I, I think at that point, like it gave me the confidence going into my junior year. Like, you know, I can do this, like, this is something that I can, and then obviously that's when COVID hit, but before COVID hit, I think I was hitting like, I think I was hitting the 400 still like 420, 430. Something Jesus. Like that. And had like, I think at that point I had like six or seven homers. Um, you know, so, I mean, it, I think it just goes to show like, you know, your mind is your, is your biggest enemy. Like, and that's even in pro ball. Like I see a lot of guys, like it's not the talent that uh, separates you. It's your, you know, it's your mindset. Like if you can, if you can conquer and dominate your mindset every day, like you're going to be in the major leagues, if you can be consistent with it. Let's go to draft day. So we get drafted second round, which is obviously a pretty good chunk of change. We'll talk about that later. So you drop the second round. Was that where you expected to go, or was it like because of that Cape Cod league you were expecting a little bit in the first? Or like, is well, that well, so well, so to just put it in perspective, like the the twenty twenty draft was different than any other draft, right? Like every team was trying to conserve their money, like trying to um, not necessarily lowball, but just like they were trying to get guys for way less than they should yeah. sign for. And so that that was really scary because like no one really knew how that draft was going to go and. Uh, luckily my agency who's actually out of little rock that's where i am right now um but they are um they're frontline agencies and uh both both of the guys that uh that are working for me i mean they did a great job of just like communicating with me like being there like in my corner like kind of fighting for me um and i think i, I and to answer your question i don't I don't know if I saw myself as a second rounder. I don't, I mean, just, it, it was very uncertain. Like kind of what they, what, what my agents have told me was it's going to take a team to fall in love with you yeah, to go higher in that second round. And I was like, I was like, okay. Like, I mean, I kind of, I kind of knew like, okay, like there's, there's a few teams here and there. I think like the diamondbacks were in the mix for that, for that, um, that competitive balance round. Uh, in that first round on that first day. So like we were watching just to make sure, but I think um, both of my agents knew like the Mariners were going to make a, a right at slot offer. And, um, you know, that was more than what I was expecting. <laughs> so obviously I was just like, deal, let's do it. Like, That's, I'm, I'm, in, I, I'm locked in. I love draft stories. That's so sick. I mean, and obviously, like I said, I'm not going to say the money, but you signed for a chunk of change. What's the dumbest thing you bought or like the most expensive thing you bought? I'm assuming – the most expensive thing is the wedding, right? It has to be that, obviously, that you just yeah. had. But what, what, other than the wedding, obviously, like that's just a cliche answer. What's like a car? Like what car are you ripping around in? Like what did you get? That's yeah, expensive. Uh, so, I mean, so I, I wanted to get two things. I wanted to get a house. I wanted to get a new truck. Um, I got both of them. Uh, so we're me and my wife. We're living in Waco, Texas. That's where she's from. It's you know close enough to Dallas to where you know we can get there pretty easy, um, and it's right in the middle of Texas, so we can literally get anywhere within a span of like two to three hours at the most. <laughs> so um, and then yeah, I got a I'm driving a 2022 King Ranch right now. 
So that'll play. Great. That'll fucking play. That's it's it's nice. <laughs> that'll play, dude. That's so electric. I just love. I mean, obviously, we get funny stories of like guys getting dropped out of high school here that are buying like Gucci track suits or uh, shout out Cole Franklin. That's yeah. a chirp for Cole Franklin. Um, or just like Gucci bags, stuff like that. So you don't have any, like you didn't get anything that's really dumb. Like just any, I, I don't, I don't, I don't have, I'm not like a huge, like jewelry guy. Like I'm wearing, like I have two chains on me. Like I have a, just a cross necklace that I've been wearing. And then like I, my wife got me like this, uh, just simple, like white gold chain. Yeah. But I don't, I don't wear like, I'm not a huge, like, oh, I got to get like the Cuban links. Like I got to, you know, get the huge, like gold, uh, like, so, I mean, some guys are like that and that's just, that's just not me. Like I'd rather spend it on stuff that's important. <laughs> like golf. Like, are you, are you spending it on golf? Yeah, yeah. I, I did. I bought myself a set of new clubs. Bought myself some Sim twos. So like that's uh yeah that's playing. I actually just started golf though like this past year. So like I'm still kind of getting into it, but I'm playing right handed, which is uh like if you were to ask me, it's pretty interesting. Like I don't like my brother's huge into golf, and he's a left handed uh, hitter because he he played baseball left handed and. Like he just picked up golf, uh, probably four, I would say three or four years ago. And he's been, I mean, he's been playing like almost every day. It seems like every time I call him, he's like, Hey, I'm on the golf course. Like, that's, <laughs> I love it. That, that's a guy's right. guy. That's a guy's guy. Yeah, but he's, uh, but he, he actually is going to school at A&M. So he's down there in college station, uh, right now. But anyways, he, uh, but yeah, he plays left-handed. And I remember the first swing I took left-handed, like I just shanked it like so bad. And he was like, he was like, here, just turn around and, you know, hit right-handed. And he said, it felt so weird to me, but he's like, dude, he's like, he's like, you're not going to believe this, but like, I think you're right-handed. So he's probably going to be better for golf. That <laughs> is like, crazy. I, so you, so you hit left-handed in baseball and you hit right-handed on the golf. Like, so do you think you could buy, like be a switch hitter in baseball? Like just based off of like the yeah. same the same no, leg yeah, movement. I mean, well, so like with golf, like I mean, obviously the ball's not moving, so like it's a lot easier to like you know work on mechanics, like not have to think about like oh like I mean because I've been hitting left-handed ever since I was basically walking, like ever since I was like five, six years old, like hitting playing t-ball, like I've always hit left-handed, and it's still baseball, still hard. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, true. So it's like I have, I don't, I don't think I'd ever be able to hit right-handed <laughs> in baseball. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, it's just that is crazy. I just and then obviously we got to go into Germanity Kirk's. Obviously, I mean, you're the twelfth ranked prospect in the Mariners. I don't know if you like look into that or knew that. Maybe, maybe like you, because I know what you. A lot of your fa- like family members of guys that are in the minor leagues, they all look into that. So I'm sure your like right. parents and your, yeah. your siblings yeah, all they'll, know. They'll, they'll mention it every now and then. Like, mainly <laughs> my grandparents. <laughs> <laughs> so you have the 12th rank prospect, obviously. I mean, it, how what's your minor league career been like so far? Because obviously you raked in high A. You hit 313, so that was an easy adjustment for you. Um, yeah. What was like the biggest challenge you kind of noticed? Like just the pitching or what was uh, it? Yeah, I mean, everyone always says like the biggest jump in minor league baseball is from high A to double A. Like, I think it's just the one, it's the talent. Like you're going to get guys that are, have better stuff um, thrown harder. Uh, second would probably be the, um, just the speed of the game. Like, I know it sounds kind of cliche, but like, like I just remember like in high, like the game was not sped up on me at all. Like I just basically had to take control. And, and then once I got to double A, it was like, man, like, why does the game feel so fast right now? <laughs> um, but yeah, man, it's, it's a true story. Like I think, and now that they're adding the pitch clock in, like we're really having to be conscious of like, you know, where, where our mind and, and body's at, like just as far as like just being present, like it's, it's a, it's a hard game now. I mean, I think we had like, I think we had like a two hour game yesterday. And like what? that was so fast. Yeah, it was something ridiculous, like two hours and like 15 minutes or two hours and 10 minutes or something, something ridiculous. And um, but yeah, dude, it was like it, it was crazy. It really was. Like, and then I think double A, triple A majors, like there's not a huge difference as far as like the stuff that you're seeing. I think it's just more guys that are able to spot up better yeah. with their stuff. Um, more experience, obviously. I mean, obviously, you'll get your unicorns like DeGrom and Scherzer and uh, Otani and all those guys. But, like, for the most part, I mean, <clears throat> you know, you're, I mean, the average fastball is now like what, 94, 95. And, like, I think that's pretty fair to say, like, that's most of the time, like, what we're seeing in, in double A. So, 
So I'm, I want to do my journalism here. I got to ask you. So you're mentioning the pitch clock. And I'm going to clip this, put this on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all that stuff. Describe the pitch clock like I'm five. Like describe it to me like I'm five. What are the, like, the punishments if you exceed the pitch clock as a hitter, as a pitcher? Like just go into that. Yeah. So, um, so for the – trying to think. For the pitcher. So the pitcher um, – when they have like i think they have either it's like a minute 30 or two minutes to between each inning to basically warm up be ready to throw when the pitch clock on that hits like 20 seconds they have to be like or 18 seconds or something like that they have to be on the mound like basically ready to go the hitter has a hitter's clock and yeah, it's so, and they, so like, I think it's um, like when you're walking from the on deck to the batter's box, you have 18, I think it's like 17 or 18 seconds. Um, and when the clock hits nine, you have to be in the box, attentive to the pitcher, like ready to hit. And then, and then the pitcher has to pitch the ball, like, you know, uh, before the clock hits zero, basically. And if either one of us, uh, the penalize or sorry, the penalty is, you know, the hitter gets a strike on them and then the pitcher gets a ball in the count. That's, those are like the two penalties. That is and so then, bush, bro. And then I think, and then the other one is uh, if the pitcher disengages or picks off, they can only do it twice and they have to throw the plate within that at bat. So within that same at bat with that guy. Um, so it's, yeah, it's kind of, it's it's definitely a little different for sure. I wash. I'll say it for you. It's I wash. It doesn't make more people want to watch the game. I don't give a shit about <laughs> that. So wait a second. So just from a strategic standpoint, mm-hmm. I could get picked off twice. Like someone try to pick me off twice, and then I just know I'm stealing. Like after two times, like if he doesn't take, if he doesn't look at me, I'm just I'm just stealing. Like I I yeah. he can't throw off. That is yeah. crazy. But then, like, but then, like, you know, I think the I think the stupidest thing is like, if the catcher, you know, obviously the pitcher is not really paying attention to the pitch clock. The catcher is more the one that has to be like the attentive one to that. And like, it happened to me yesterday where I think the pitch clock got down to like two or one, and the catcher just ended up calling time. And I was like, I was like, okay, if we're doing that, then like, what's like, what's the point of, you know what I mean? Like, it just didn't yeah. make any sense to me. And I don't know. I, th- I, think, I think that's going to make it. I, I basically said, I told um, <clears throat> in the, because we did it in the fall league this year. We had, we had all yeah. these like same things. We had bigger bases. Yeah. We had pitch clock. We had, um, there's some other stuff that we had too that I was just like, okay. Like, oh, this, oh, the automated strike zone um, with the track man. Uh, using that, the umpire has like a little earpiece that tells them balls and strikes. So basically, robo ump. Um, but I think that's, the one that everyone did not like was the pitch clock. And, yeah. And, 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 but it's like, it's like we give our opinion about it. It's like, I don't think they care. And the, Especially so, since we're minor leaguers. So is the automated strike zone pretty accurate? Like, would you say? Or is it because? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, so, so it was accurate, but here's the deal. Like, because everyone's all different shapes and sizes. They have, they, and they did it to us during spring training. I know for the Mariners they did. I don't know about everyone else, but the track man people actually came and like measured, um, like our certain, like certain measurements, like where our hip bone was like from the ground up, like where, like how long our uh, torso was um, and some other stuff just to try to figure out, like, I guess, like the shape of our zone or like the size of it. Cause like you would have, you know, shorter guys like getting rung up on balls at their neck because it's like a fixed, it was a fixed. uh, Oh my God, dude. So, so that, that was like the biggest complaint that I think we all had was like, dude, if you're going to make automatic strikes, autumn, sorry, not automatic, but robo of you better, you know, be able to make it fit everyone differently because it's not fair. Like if Altuve's zone is as big as judges, like that's not, (laughs) that's, that's not a, that's not a solvable plan. So so crazy i i i still can't wrap my head around it i really can't it's just it's bananas to me but i guess that's just me just not really i just like i guess human error i guess is way better in my opinion than having robots but that, i yeah. guess i'll have to adjust to it but so so far in your minor league career so a couple more th- more things here so, so far in your minor league career obviously 
you got to see some of these cities and stuff like that. And you, you were living the high life at AM. You got the nicest facilities. You mm-hmm. obviously private jets were where you guys would fly away or yeah. stuff like that. What's the minor leagues been like? Like, do you have like a funny minor league story? Like, this is so minor leagues, like just where I'm at right now, or just the food that I'm eating, or like the field I'm playing at. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, there, I mean, there's a few stories. I would say, well, so I think, I mean, we we always did bus trips. Uh, we we always have done bus trips, and uh, I think was it last year in Everett. Um, you know, we would, we, we never did an overnight bus, but like, we would always get back like super late, like to our field at like three or four in the morning. Jeez. And it was just, um, <laughs> I think one of my, I think one of our uh, guys' cars got broken into and oh they, my stole, God. Like, some, they stole like some AirPods or something and some other stuff. And I was just like, I was just like, you know what? It's like this is this would never happen if we were in the, in the big league. <laughs> like, like it's just one of those things. Like you just think about, you're just like you get back at three in the morning, you see your cars broken into, you're just like, oh gosh, like, like that's so bad. And um, yeah, man. I mean, there's, I mean, gosh, we stop at every gas station, like every every nice gas station, like for whenever we've been driving for like you know three or four hours and. If it was like an eight-hour bus ride, we would always stop and like hotels. Like I think we stayed like in a haunted hotel in Spokane or something. I've like, heard stories like, about that. Yeah, like Spokane. Apparently, like this hotel we stayed at, like was apparently like someone died in it or something. And um, but it's always been like haunted, like in this one room. And I'm like, okay, I'm out on that. <laughs> so, so that's uh, I've heard done that one. I'm trying to think. Oh, Tri Cities. That was probably the worst. Um, visiting clubhouse that really it had no air conditioning um it was dirty like on the floors our laundry was always wet um showers were not good um we we were there when it was the hottest week it was 115 oh my god and i think this is in may so like just out of nowhere, it got a heat wave for a whole week and we were all dying, like just absolutely dying. Like it was, it was to the point where like our coaches like told us like, Hey, we're not showing up until like an hour before the game. We're not doing any pregame, like, oh my we'll God. Cage, but we'll just go straight into it. Like it was so bad. That's a pro so, baseball team. That's a, for people say, that's a pro baseball team. Like, let's just let that sink in. Yeah. I mean, just incredible. It's just, it's a tough day. It's, a t- it's tough. It's just tough to be yeah. into a professional baseball player and have to deal with that stuff. It really is. So, okay. um, yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah. And I, I, obviously, like, I should be experiencing that in Juco. I shouldn't be experiencing that, like, when I'm a pro baseball player. But, and I want to talk about that Julio Rodriguez kid. Have you yeah. had a chance to watch him up close and, like, see? Oh, yeah. Him? I played, yeah. I played with him all last year, basically. Okay. So, what yeah, is he? Tight, yeah. I'm going to clip this because, obviously, uh, the Mariners fans just get going when you talk about Julio. Rightfully sure. so. He's disgusting. What's it like watching this guy day in and day out and seeing what this guy does? Yeah. I mean, he, he plays the game hard. I mean, he's a he's a hard-nosed player. Like, he, he puts his head down. He grinds. I mean, he uh, – you know, he, he's, he's a funny guy too. Like he, he always jokes around and always wants to have fun. Like he, he just, I think the one word that he always talks about is just have fun, like on the field, like just, you know, be a kid, like, like you're 12 years old, like don't try to take this game too seriously or also just catch up to you. But, um, you know, just try to try to live every day in the moment. I think that's kind of his motto. And, you know, he, he does play the game with some flash. He does play the game with some flair. Like he has his, you know, he's got his personality into it for sure. But I think like, you know, he, he's, I mean, just like the rest of us, like he's been chasing a dream that, you know, he's, he was able to fulfill this year and getting to the big league. And so I think like he's, uh, you know, I think he's done everything the right way. Like he, he rakes. He's <laughs> he so rakes good. He's, he's fast. He's, he's, he's definitely the, He's definitely a unicorn, man, when it comes to baseball. I mean, he hits the ball so hard. I mean, it's unbelievable how hard the guy hits the baseball. <laughs> and did, you ever, I mean, did you ever, like, did, did he do anything where you were, like, you got to see and you're like, I can't believe this guy just did that. Like, did you, like, is there any games or just moments that stood out to you that he, that he had? I'm trying to think, like, I think, 
I remember this. I remember he was at the Olympics um, a good portion of last year. And when he got back to double A, we were because like I think I had I had just gotten moved up and he wasn't back yet. Yeah. When he got back. He was like, he's like, he's like, man, he's like, I don't have enough stolen bases. He's like, I'm gonna go steal 15 bags. He literally stole. 15 bags or 10 to 15. I, I can't remember how many it was, but like, I just remember being an absurd amount. Like he would steal second, he would steal third and like just doing it on command. And like, and like he would, he would do it with ease too. Like it wasn't, it wasn't hard for him. And so Damn. it was just hilarious. Like watching him, like just basically call shots. Like he, he, uh, he he's one of those guys that could call a shots and he could do it. How is his English? Is his English good? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He, he's, he's pretty fluent. He's like the white whale of this product. Like, I, like obviously, we've had Frazier, Winker, we've had all these guys, but I need me some fucking Julio Rodriguez on this podcast. We need to figure something out. I, can, I mean, you well, put I in a good word. I need this. I need the Zach Delo. I need you. I need the. I need you to plug it because obviously he's electric, and I would love to just hear stories about like hear stories about just like his upbringing and like when he knew he was nasty and just like hear funny stories. He's so electric. He's so flashy. He wears the J rod show chain. Oh, yeah. Have you gone to, has, have you gone to like touch and feel the J rod chain? Like, is it heavy? Yeah, so, I don't understand how so, people, I don't understand how people play in that. I really don't. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So, so I remember the first day he got it, we were, I think we were in Everett at the time too, but I, I remember him, uh, I remember him bringing it out and I was like, I was like, like J-Rod, like you gotta wear that for the game. He's like, he's like, no, 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 no. And then of course, like the first game that he's in the show or in spring training, like he's wearing it. I'm just like, dude, I was like, come on. But yeah, I actually um he, he was my roommate for one week in Springfield and he uh he left it in the room, just like just laying out. I was like, dude, I was like, it's like I have to I have to put it on. But don't, 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 don't tell him I told you this, but I, I did put it on and I took a picture with it and I sent it to my brother. He's like, hey, look, look guess whose chain this is. <laughs> Dude, that's so sick. But don't worry. And one thing I respect is you telling me, like, don't tell him. Like, it's 100% certain he's coming on the podcast. I mean, I love the confidence out of you. If he, like, just show him the guest <laughs> list and he'll come on. But if J-Rod comes on this podcast, I might, I might, be, I might have to custom – your jersey and hang it on the rafters of my house if that is somehow (laughs) somewhere we get the white whale on this podcast it would be electric but we'll figure it out we'll talk after the podcast we'll get them on but uh last thing i want to talk about is and actually no the second last thing if you do when when that call up does happen i want us to kind of this podcast to be one of the first to know like all you have to do is just dm me or maybe text me the eye emoji. That's it. And i'll be like okay i say it's all the guests by the way jonathan easily did it all these guys did it for me I want to know when that debut is happening. I want to be one of the first dudes to know. I'm not going to break the news. I just want to have that comfortability like, all right, this is my guy. He's making his debut. I appreciate it. Yeah, I definitely will do that. All right, there it is. So we got that checked off there. I always have this little check bar. That's checked off there. And the last thing, obviously, man, you've been hitting pretty well this year. I believe you're on a four-game hitting streak, knock on wood. Um, You're just buzzing as of late. What what are your like what are you go, your goals going into this year? Because obviously last year you were hitting nukes as well. I believe you had fifteen, yeah. which is bananas. Or is it like more stolen bases, like to kind of maintain a good average? Like, do you even not do you just not set goals? No, yeah, no, I, I do set goals. Um, I would definitely say like you know trying to be as realistic as possible. I mean, the Mariners have like their own process based like system that I really try to just work on because I I'm a big believer like if I if if my process is good, then like the results will speak for themselves. So it's like, if I can be really good at just being myself and not trying to get ahead, not, not trying to basically think about the future and just trying to live day by day. Like, I think that's where a lot of guys like tend to struggle as they start getting ahead of themselves. And then that's when they start struggling. And I think our uh, organization is really big on just being in the moment, like just trusting what you have. Um, and honestly, just, you know, just hitting, raking, yeah. <laughs> like just, just hitting the ball really hard. <laughs> and that's what we do. I mean, 283, very high, t- highly touted prospect. But I will say this, MLB.com on your prospecting, they better figure it out. I mean, they're still using a Texas A&M picture for you. I don't know what the deal is with that, but they better figure that out ASAP. Because you look like you're 12 yeah. in that picture. You look like one of those <laughs> young prospects, like from like Dominican, that's just going to be nasty, like yeah. those young kids. So they got to figure that out ASAP. But anyways, man, obviously it's long overdue. People don't know this. 
me and Zach were even playing some little uh, Instagram tag about this interview. We're going back and forth. Like, all right, tomorrow, 10 a.m., I forget the answer. <laughs> he forgets the answer. Just some of our – it's good that we finally got this hammered out because the people needed this. We, we Like, we have a pretty good Mariners listening. So, it's going to be electric. And, and by the way, and if you can – like I said, you get J-Rod, the, the jersey will be hung in the rockers of, of my residence forever. The, the Zach Lowe jersey. So I appreciate you this, man. I'm fired up for you. Yes, Obviously, double A. You'd love to see it. I mean, you're you're one step closer. Hopefully, they get you to triple A this year, which is in um, what is it, Nevada? No, not Nevada. Um, uh, Washington. Come Washington. Up. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, man, it was a pleasure to have you on. Um, we'll do this again after that debut, um, or maybe next year, whatever. We'll figure something out. But uh, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me, John. Thank you for listening to Officially Unofficial. Make sure you guys subscribe and leave a review on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Pod and on Instagram at Officially Unofficial Pod. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>